G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And isn't it a great thing to be hungry to worship God? When you're hungry for God, the only thing that will satisfy you is God. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps hungry believers find what they're starving for. It's time to feed our souls. Do you starve for a holy life? Do you hunger for God's best for you? If so, you can take practical steps to get it. This is the day when the lost are found. It seems holiness and happiness are now considered opposites. When someone is reverent or pious or devoted, most don't seem to expect to see a smile on their face. They expect a serious, somber look of concern and stillness. But Christians should be the happiest people on the planet. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to see the biblical basis for happiness. It revolves around the word blessed, a term that we see repeatedly in the Sermon on the Mount. want you to be happy because he tells us that in scripture. He tells us that over and over again that this happiness is something that he wants us to experience in a relationship with us. Why? Because the word blessed is another word for happy. They're interchangeable words. So when we use the word blessed as we will use in a moment in the Beatitudes, you can just take that word out and put in the word happy. So really the theme of the Beatitudes, which is the point of entry into the Sermon on the Mount, is happiness. How you can be happy if you will do these things. Let's read Matthew 5, starting in verse two. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets that were before you. So blessed are these people. Now how different the Beatitudes are from modern culture. If the Beatitudes are rewritten for culture today, 
they would go along these lines. Blessed are the beautiful, for they shall be admired. Blessed are the wealthy, for they will have it all. Blessed are the popular, for they will be loved. Blessed are the famous, for they shall be followed. But that's not what Jesus says. He starts with a bombshell. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let me say it another way. Happy are the poor in spirit. Now what does that mean? There's a lot of misunderstanding about this. To be poor in spirit is to recognize one's spiritual poverty apart from God. It's to see your spiritual poverty. To recognize the simple fact that apart from the Lord, you're lost, you're helpless, and you're hopeless. Apart from Christ, everyone is spiritually destitute. You want to be happy, admit your true spiritual state. Blessed is the person that sees himself as they really are, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's beatitude number one. Beatitude number two, verse four. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. So point number two, happy people are unhappy people. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Happy people are unhappy people. Or another way to put it, happy are the unhappy. You say, well that makes no sense at all. I mean either you're happy or you're unhappy. No, before you can truly be happy, you have to first be unhappy. You have to see a real state before God, sinful. You have to mourn over that state. And by the way, the word that is used here for mourn is the most severe of nine Greek words that are used for grief in scripture and it's reserved for mourning the dead. And this verse applies in principle to all who mourn. So I've seen myself as I really am. It's not the greatest discovery. It's a little scary to see what a sinner I really am. So I'm sorry for that. I cry out to God. I mourn over my condition and now I'm going to find comfort. Step number three, beatitude number three. So blessed, happy are the poor in spirit, the person who sees themselves as they are. Blessed, happy is the person who's mourned over their spiritual condition. Now number three, a happy person will be a meek person. A happy person will be a meek person. Look at verse five. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Seeing myself as I am produces a vital spiritual quality, meekness. We don't hear a lot about meekness today. It's not celebrated, but it's really important. And God says you can be blessed if you're a meek person. What does it mean I'm no longer inflated with pride? I've seen my real condition, so I'm meek. By the way, it's not the same to be weak and meek. Let's say you're a professional boxer and you could punch out anyone. You could hit them and they wouldn't get up again. And let's say someone is harassing you and you don't hit them back, though you could hit them back. And if you did hit them back, they may not get up from it. And you choose to not strike back even though they're mistreating you. That's not weakness, that's meekness. It means power under constraint. In fact, the word that is used here for meekness is a word that describes the breaking of a powerful stallion. Have you ever been on a horse that didn't want to do what you wanted it to do? How many of you ride horses? Yeah, I like horse power. I like, I like to pull that throttle. 
And I like when I hit that brake, that thing stops, okay? That's called a motorcycle. But uh, if you're on a horse, hey, you can use all your commands, but they may not listen. I've told you the story before. The preacher and his horse. How many of you have heard this, the preacher and his horse? <laughs> Most of you haven't heard it. Okay, there's preacher. And he had a horse. And he knew that, you know, to make the horse go, you say giddy up, and to stop you say whoa. And he thought, well, that's not spiritual. I'm gonna say instead of giddy up, I'm gonna say praise the Lord. So when I say praise the Lord, the horse goes. And then when I want him to stop, instead of saying whoa, I'll say hallelujah. So he's out riding along and the horse got spooked and he's running at full gallop now toward the edge of a cliff. The preacher's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. What's the word for whoa? Well, uh, glory to God, horse is still running. Uh, thank you, Jesus, horse is still running. What's the word for stop for whoa? What a, hallelujah, the horse stops right at the edge, right at the edge. Pebbles going over the side. Preacher wipes his brow and says, praise the Lord. So, yeah. <laughs> How many of you heard that for the first time? Oh, you see, it's... Sometimes it's a good thing to pull out the old jokes, right? <laughs> so that horse, if he submits to you, if the horse submits to the will of the rider, that's called meekness. So what this means is I'm surrendering myself to the will of God. That's meekness. Blessed, happy are the meek. How different this is than culture. In the Bible, the last is first. Giving is receiving. Dying is living. Losing is finding. Least is greatest. Weakness is strength. Let me say that again. In the Bible, everything's sort of the opposite. Last is first. Giving is receiving. Dying is living. Losing is finding. Least is greatest. Weakness is strength. It's meekness. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. Thanks for joining us today as we study the Sermon on the Mount. There's so much to learn here. And Pastor Greg is pointing out how meekness is one of the keys to living a happy life. Joseph is a classic example of meekness. I remember he was betrayed by his brothers, sold as a slave. And through God's providence, he was elevated to become the second most powerful man in all of Egypt in charge of the food supply. His brothers thought he was dead. One day a famine came in the land and the brothers went to Egypt, they were Jews, to get some food. And there is Joseph looking at them. They didn't recognize him anymore because he didn't look like a Hebrew with long hair and a beard. He probably had a shaved head, the eyeliner. He walked like an Egyptian, whatever, you know. But they didn't recognize him and certainly they didn't think he was even living. And as he looked at his brothers, he could have given one command with a snap of his finger and they would have all been put to death. But instead, he forgave them. That was meekness, power under constraint. Now we come to beatitude number four. A happy person passionately desires a righteous life. Let me say that again. A happy person desperately desires passionately desires a righteous life. Verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. When you're emptied of sin, you're hungry for God. I don't know about you, but I'm not a good hungry person. I get irritable, I get headaches. The first thing I think of in the morning when I wake up, you think prayer, no, food, I want food. 
I'm just being honest. I need food. My wife will go through, you know, the half the day. I think I forgot to eat lunch. I'm like, that's not even humanly possible. How do you forget to eat lunch? I'm counting down the minutes till lunch. Like, I'm serious. At 9.30 I'm thinking, how long to lunch? Oh, I have to wait an hour and a half. I eat around 11, by the way. Yeah, I just have to hold out till 11, you know. And I'm hungry. My stomach is growling. So when you're hungry for God, the only thing that will satisfy you is God. And isn't it a great thing to be hungry for the Word of God? To be hungry to worship God? To be hungry to be with the people of God? And when you say, well, I, I don't know, I don't really feel like I need to read the Bible that much and I don't really desire to be in church that much, well, I'm sorry for you because you're missing out because blessed are happy are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. The psalmist was hungering and thirsting for righteousness when he said in Psalm 42, 1, is the deer thirst for the water brook, so thirsts my soul for you, O oh God, my soul thirsts for the living God. Listen to this. When the prodigal son was hungry, he went to feed upon husks, but when he was starving, he turned to his father. Do you starve for a holy life? Do you hunger for God's best for you? If so, you can take practical steps to get it. We can chase after all these things the world says will satisfy you. And we can learn this the hard way or the easier way. And let me appeal for a moment to someone who's young. You know, you say, oh, what do these people know? They don't know anything. Yeah, we know a few things. Because we've lived life. And don't find this out the hard way. Don't waste years of your life. You can miss a lot of misery. And you don't have to waste years of your life. I know people who wasted decades of their life figuring this out the hard way. People in their 50s who say, oh, I guess it is Jesus Christ. Yeah, too bad you wasted most of your life. But thank God he'll still forgive you. But oh, it's so much better to discover this when you're young. I figured it out at the ripe old age of 17. And I got on a course that I've been on to this present day and I've never regretted being on that course to follow Christ, not once. You chase after all these other things that won't satisfy you, but Christ will. He's the bread of life that will satisfy your spiritual hunger. He is the living water that will satisfy your spiritual thirst. So I'm gonna close by asking this, are you a happy person. If you want to be a happy person, here's what the Bible says. Happy is the man or the woman whose sin is forgiven. When your sin is forgiven, you'll be happy. Sin is the big wall that keeps you separated from God. And there's nothing you can do to break that wall down. You try to be a good person. You try to do good works. You try to even be religious or spiritual. None of it changes that wall that's before you. But the good news is Jesus, the meekest man who ever lived, died on the cross in your place. And that wall can be broken down now through Christ and you can have a relationship with God and find that fulfillment that's eluded you throughout all of your life, that happiness you've always wanted can be yours. And what you need to do is admit to God you're a sinner. Like old Naaman, you gotta peel off the armor. And you have to just say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. I know it's wrong. I, I turn from that sin. And put your faith in Jesus. 
And if you do that, he will forgive you and give you a second chance in life. If you're 17 or 70, doesn't matter. He'll change you, but you must reach out to him. We're gonna close in prayer and I'm gonna extend an invitation to any of you that have joined us who may not have this relationship with God we've been talking about. The Bible says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved from your sin. Saved from hell. Saved from a future judgment. Saved from yourself. Saved and safe. Let's all pray. Father, thank you for your word to us. I pray for any here, any listening, wherever they may be, if they don't know you, Lord, help this to be the moment where they would reach out to you and receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer about coming to the Lord to find forgiveness of sin. And perhaps as you've listened today, you've come to realize that you need to do that. Well, today's a great day to respond. And Pastor Greg would like to help you right now to ask Jesus to forgive your sin. Yeah, you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ stands at the door of our life and he knocks. And if any man will hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. Maybe as you've heard me speak today, well, you've heard another voice speaking to you. It's the voice of God. And you realize you need Christ in your life. You need your sin forgiven. You want the assurance that you will go to heaven when you die. Well, here's what you need to do. You need to pray. And I would like to lead you in a prayer right now where you will be saying to Jesus, Lord, come into my life. I choose to follow you. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I turn from that sin now and I put my faith in you. Be my Lord, my Savior, and my God, and my friend. I choose to follow you, Jesus, from this moment forward. Thank you for loving me and calling me and accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture that Christ himself has come into your life. The Bible says, these things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. If you just prayed that prayer in a minute, you can know today you have eternal life. And may I be the first to say to you, welcome to the family of God. Thanks, Pastor Greg. Well, if you've just prayed those words and you meant them sincerely, know that the Lord has heard you and forgiven you. We know that from Scripture. And we'd love to send you some resource materials to help you in your new journey of faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. The team would also love to pray with you. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. Well, next time, some more insights on happiness and where it's found as Pastor Greg continues his series from the Sermon on the Mount called Salt and Light. Be sure to join us again next time for a new beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Happiness, What It Is and How to Have It. If you'd like to listen to it again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. 
or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 